Good evening. Hey. Welcome to Cross Politic. You didn't even let that like start a little bit. You just, just jump right in on the top of it. Jump right in. We've okay. got a special guest, Yoram Hazani. Okay. Talking about rediscovering conservatism coming up. And we got some additional club portal content with him later. So okay. make sure you join the club to be able to catch some of that too. Lastly, download the app. You can catch us every day at 6 p.m. Uh, you know, for your nightly news and commentary, Pastor Toby Chuck Knox on the water. You didn't board. even honor the fact that we had new music, but that's okay. That's all right. I did all that work. I'm doing wow, my job. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, thank you. Where did you get that? Thank you. You know, I search. This year, our national conference is in Knoxville, Tennessee, October 6th through the 8th. Come fight, laugh, and feast with us. The theme of this year's conference is lies, propaganda, storytelling, and mm. the serrated mm. edge. You need a sound effect there. Yeah. Satan is the father of lies, and the mother of those lies is a government that has rejected God. We have especially been lied to these last two years, and the COVID panic is one of the central mechanisms that our government has used to lie to us and grab more power. They've and monkeypox. They're kneeling on our necks now, <sighs> about to die. Because Christians have not been reading their Bibles, we are susceptible to lies and weak in our ability to fight those lies. God has given us his word, which is a sword, to fight Satan and his lies, and we need to recover all of God's word, its serrated edge and all. Those, Amen. Those are the sharp bits that Ching. cut you. Yeah, what that sound effect? Man, I'm working <laughs> on it. Mark your calendars for October 6th through the 8th as we fight, laugh, and feast with fellowship, beer, and psalms. Our amazing lineup of speakers, we got Doug Wilson, oh. we got Ben Merkel, yes. George Gilder, George Gilder, oh. Jared Longshore, Jared Longshore, oh. Pastor Toby, oh. and, and a secret, uh, there's always a secret and, one. And Knox is doing it. Doing a Q&A, so. Do it. No, he's yeah, not just Q&A. Guys, Knox is going to do a segment. Yeah. Just a Q&A thing. Uh -huh. and with some people that you're going to want to hear him talk to. <laughs> also, uh, you can meet our awesome vendors, new friends, yes. and more. Early bird tickets are available for how long? Are they almost out? Well, we got to, we got to talk about that. Oh, <laughs> maybe gone. Maybe gone. We don't yeah, know. Yeah. It'll be gone before you know it. Sign up now at flfnetwork.com forward slash Knoxville. 2022. I like the Knoxville thing. That's kind of cool. We should always do it in Knoxville. I never so. knew about <laughs> Knoxville. I've been reading that out for months. Dude, never made that connection. That's okay. That's okay. I'll make it for you. Do you always kind of be like... Well, whenever I hear Knox and... You know, be put together. Uh, it's almost like a theonomy place. Anyway, hey guys, happy Memorial Day. <laughs> happy yes. Memorial Day. Can you be Day. happy? About, I guess you can be happy about Memorial hey, Day. I am so thankful. Yeah. America being founded by Christians is why we have such a strong desire to honor. Mm -hmm. The Bible teaches us to honor our fathers, and this is a commandment both for the present as well as the mm -hmm. past. Part of what the Bible is teaching us to do is to honor not only our fathers, but to honor the office a father along with offices and other offices as well like elders pastor mm -hmm. deacons mm -hmm. gabe and those who rule over us kind of like romans 13 yeah this is why we can honor leaders and even we can honor fallen soldiers who have gave their lives for us because god tells us to do this and because there is no greater love than a man lay down his life for a friend mm -hmm. these fallen men we honor today are our fathers and our forefathers and our brothers and our friends who have died for us and watered the garden of American freedom with their blood. As Christian Americans, we should be discipling the world on what it means to actually honor. Mm. God's law teaches us how to honor God and neighbor. So we as Christians know better than all other cultures and religions on what honor should actually look like. Right. Honor 
is walking worthy of the sacrifice that was given for us by our forefathers mm. and brothers. As Christians, we practice this process every day, living in such a way that shows our gratitude for Christ and his death for our sins and for his resurrection. And because we honor God, we can properly give honor to our fellow neighbor. There are many ways to honor those fallen men of the past. And one of the best ways to honor them is to remember. Mm. Remember, free speech isn't free. Private property and self-defense, it actually has a cost. Mm. Self-government and worship of the true God, Jesus Christ, has an invoice that many that have gone before us have actually paid. Mm. Their sacrifice is a baton passed to us. And one of the worst things that we can do while we seek to honor these men is to drop that baton that their legacy is passing off to us and our generation and forget that these handed that these blessings handed down are going to have to be kept by us as we seek to model ourselves after our fathers before us and fight, maybe even to the death for those same freedoms that they fought for for us. You know, that was, that, that's a, uh, I feel like you need like a special soundtrack when you, when you do, when you I do talks like, like a, that, a, a, you know, yeah. like you got organ for some things, that's true. you need a different, <laughs> a different music, like America Beautiful, you know? um, something like that. But you know, um, you know, I think one of the fundamental things is being handed down though, is just the, there's just the bedrock notion of truth. Mm -hmm. Amen. Truth. Yeah. I mean, that's right. So honor makes sense. Laying your life down for something makes sense when there is such a thing as truth. Yes, right. And as opposed to random. You don't have truth. No, it doesn't. It's not honorable. Ultimate truth that reaches all the way up to God That's in heaven. Right. That's what I'm That's talking right. about. Yeah. Objective ultimate truth. Yeah. You, you, you banish truth and you get, um, you know, police officers. They're not sure they want to go in and lay their lives down for, mm. for kids in elementary school. Yeah. Yes, yeah, right, Pastor. Because, because it's. If you don't have objective truth, then everything is only in this moment. Yeah. And if everything's only in this moment, then why should I care what somebody did for, you know, yeah. in some war? Yeah, yeah that's right. Or, or, or why, should, why should I die for these other people? Exactly. If, if this moment is all that matters yeah. and truth doesn't last, mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm reminded of our, our version. This is from Psalm 100. Um, but the, 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 the idea that his truth endures through all generations. Yes. Amen. I think in many ways that kind of encapsulates this point. That's right. Why do we honor fathers? Why do we honor generations? Because yeah. his truth endures. Real love, sacrificial love, the kind of love that Jesus said gives your life for your friend. That's right. It endures. You know, one of the things that bothers me so much about what I see happening in our culture with critical race theory and uh, intersectionality and the whole social justice movement, yeah. uh, 16, uh, was it 1619? Project. The, the project. Yeah. Is that they are purposely and actively trying to sever yep. a history that has such a rich form of Christendom and fatherhood attached right. to it. Right. And I, I think we need to remember that if you look at a father, a father is doing his best with what he has mm. and he has an office that he manages over his house and his mm. family and to his children. Mm. And even though the person might make mistakes, the office itself is to be honored. Yep, right. And so one of the things that's merging together right now is the office and the person when it comes to our hi American history. And we're saying because the person made some mistakes or didn't right. see everything properly, then we right. destroy the office. Right, yeah. But you destroy the office, you destroy the blessing right. that men who have made mistakes but have ultimately, I think, chosen godly and right things 
um, it, it obliterates you from that connection. And they're right. not just trying to end at the beginning of America. No. They want to take that all the way back to Abraham. Right. No. Yeah, back to Adam. <laughs> and, and back to Adam. And right. so what we need to do, I think, and one of the things, the baton pass that's happening right now in the culture, we need to make sure that we remember that that baton pass is not just an American thing. It's one of those things that's like God has been faithful to us, right. to our forefathers for right. a long time. And these men have given their lives so that we can have the freedoms to be able to say well, that. And this connection of, of truth and honor only makes sense in the context of understanding covenant as a nation. Yes, right. Right. right? We're, we're covenant people. America is a covenant people. And I, I have a covenant connection between those soldiers who died on the battlefield. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Vietnam War, That's World right. War Two, That's World right. War One. I. I have a covenant connection with them, and therefore we can we can more rightly honor them right. because of that connection. If we don't That's have right. any connection to them. And and the and the truth that's embedded in that connection, it, it, there's nothing to honor. That's right. Yeah, now, just, these are just dead protoplasms in the grave. You right, know, right. right? And you and you can't have it both ways. Yeah, that's right. You, you can't say there's such a thing as honor mm-hmm. and then complain when you have mm-hmm. you, like there's no there's no you know there's no you, we want to have honor mm-hmm. or not. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. You, and, if, and if Darwin is right, there's no such thing as honor. And did you hear uh, the San Francisco Giant manager? Um, he's got my name, Gabe. Gabe Kapler. Oh, is he from man, Texas yeah. too? No, he's from San Francisco. <laughs> All right. Oh, I mean, that's Get where he's at right now. Yeah. I, I wouldn't recognize him if he was. Um, uh, well, he's going to skip the national anthem because uh, actually started from the Uvalde situation. Shooting. And, and he quote, he said, I don't plan on coming out for the anthem going forward until I feel better about the direction for our country. No, notice notice the, the verb there, feel. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, that, yeah. that, there's no objectivity no to this objectivity. at all. It's that's a good the, point. It's not about the truth. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, yeah. and here's what I'm thinking. I'm like, you're you're choosing the Uvalde shooting. Yeah. You know, what about the 60 million babies who yeah. died? Right. What about the sodomy going down in San Francisco right now in your own backyard? Yeah, no, that's destroying just, people's lives. Gabe, that's just love. You know, that's that's you know, <laughs> he, that's how he feels, huh? Remember, when we had Gordon Wilson on the show. He he talked about this. I cannot forget this verse. It's um, Hosea uh, chapter four and verses one through I believe three. Uh, where's my Bible at? I got it around here somewhere because they ain't pulling up the slides fast enough. So hold on, I got to pull it out because this is one we need to remember when we see stuff that calamity and things that are happening in the culture. Is this? Hear the word of the Lord. You children of Israel, for the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying, killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break all restraint. With bloodshed upon bloodshed, therefore the land will mourn, and everyone who dwells there will waste away with the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. Even the fish and the sea will be taken away. Look, if he wants to start not coming out he needs to not come out at all for june yeah that's yeah. right this is pride month every 30 days in june. the whole night is like i'm not coming yeah. out because we are sitting up here bringing this on ourselves we're bringing the shootings on ourselves because of how we're treating god because yeah. of we're not fearing god yeah. and our land our land in every way is cursed because we are not honoring god the way that we should so it's like okay what would it take for you not to show up for the national anthem Right. Yeah. What would it take? How mm-hmm. he he's he's got some principles right, yeah. but he has no objective standard like right. Pastor Toby was talking he about. He should have followed Mark Dewey. And this is the kind of thing that we right. need to be telling people about. Yeah. It's like you know what? Listen, you're messed up on how you're doing this because you don't have the right standard. Yeah. But we have a problem that transcends mm-hmm. the one that you think is the biggest problem. Yeah. The reason we have school shootings is because of the fallout of how we have 
not honor God mm-hmm. but, well, in I, every way. I think the foundation is what he's actually saying there. We made the standard our feelings. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. That's right. If you, we become well, God. Well, if, if, if you create your own reality, if you can dream a little dream, mm-hmm. if you can wish upon a star, and you're the one who creates reality— then, then you do whatever you feel like. Yeah. And I, and if you're a little boy and you feel like a girl, yep. then you can be a girl. And, and you and, feel and, like staying in and, the dugout. And you're a mother and you don't feel like being a mother, then you can go kill your baby. Yeah. It, yeah. That's, that's exactly right. But that's, but that's what brought us here. Because, <laughs> that's right. because what they're saying, this is this, this gospel, it's fake false gospel of mm-hmm. be whatever you want to be, do whatever yeah. you want to do based on your feelings. And that, it's it's more of, this is actually going to give us more of what we already got. Well, and this is on everybody's mind. I'm going to close out with this real quick. Yeah. Because it's all connected. We got yeah. the government infringing on all sorts of areas of our lives. And, and Memorial Day, we have hit the highest um, average gas price oh! at $4.61. Okay. <laughs> Biden did that. And part of the problem no. is, is the government is actually the central agitator in our high gas prices. Go to the next slide where um, regulations... Oh um, permits being withheld, <laughs> state and federal taxes. Now, this slide is showing by by state how much is taxed per gallon at um, just fifty this, cents just, in Nevada and and forty eight only state taxes. Federal taxes are additional eighteen point four percent on top of each of these states. Eighteen point four percent. Eighteen point four. Why are you cents? living in California? Cents. Cents. Excuse cents. me. Thank you. Cents. Not percent. Cents per gallon. Per gallon. So 33 cents in Idaho. So add, 18, add 18 cents to that. You're everything. 50 cents a gallon. California, 66 cents per gallon. What's the highest one? California, uh, California. 66. And add That's 18 almost, cents. It's almost a dollar a gallon. And the government is sitting here wow. saying these oil companies are greedy. Oh my goodness! The government's the doing. Oil. The government is doing nothing for that money, and they're getting a dollar per gallon in California almost. Right. right. Yeah. That's well, insane. Well, well, it seems like that the federal government and the state government are choosing which you know they're the wolves choosing their. Hey, who's yeah. going to eat this person? That's well, right. I'll take this percentage, and you right. take that. Right. I mean, that's so. A, when Biden talks about he's trying to fix it, um, you want to know where he can start fixing it? Right. It's right here. Yeah. With these regulations and yeah. everything that's going Deregulate. on. Deregulate. Yeah. Cut taxes you know what we need to have this conversation again but we need to talk about why this is unbiblical and wrong and morally wrong yeah. Yeah, this isn't just do. like oh this is a difference of opinion on tax no no this is morally wrong it's theft just theft mark yoram hazani up next on cross politic we're going to rediscover conservatism hey there went my slide <laughs> a republic is about the rule of law not men Armored Republic is devoted to seeing the God-given rights of free men preserved against mob chaos, criminal evil, and the jackboot of tyranny. Every purchase of body armor is another free man equipped to resist tyranny, another brother in arms, another hardened household ready to face down the wolves. Body armor is a tool of liberty, and every tool is for the purpose of working or keeping, creating or guarding, building or fighting. Join the Armored Republic. Build. Fight. Home, it's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. 
I'm getting used to this. I don't know if I am. I don't know where to talk. Whenever you want. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. Using a smartphone or computer opens the door to a host of digital temptations in a world saturated with pornography and other harmful mm. content. What's a Christian to do? We need to take proactive a, a, a proactive approach, welcoming transparency in our digital media choices and accountable to you. That's accountable. The number two, the word you makes that easy. Their accountability software shares detailed activity reports from all your devices and your kids' devices in real time to the accountability partners that you choose. With accountability in place, your family can effectively guard against temptations online and live with purity and integrity. Learn more and try it free at Accountable, huh. the number two, you. What a special deal. Dot com. <laughs> and if you want to tell them that we sent you, you can put a little slash FLF on there. That's free? Nice. That's nice. Yeah. Accountable.com forward slash FLF free? Accountable okay, well. to you. Wow. Com. Yeah, you got it. Hey, with us right now, we're grateful to have Mr. Yoram Hazani. Yoram Hazani is an Israeli philosopher, Bible scholar, and political theorist. He is the award-winning author of The Philosophy of Hebrew Scripture mm. and The Virtue of Nationalism. That's actually how I've, I've first heard about him. Okay. Among other books, he has appeared in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and on NPR's All Things Considered, and he's been on Cross Politics. Wow, That's he's true. going places. True. <laughs> he's also the president <laughs> of the Herzl Institute in Jerusalem. Wow. Today, he's here to talk with us about his newest book, Conservatism, A Rediscovery. Yoram, thank you for joining us on Cross Politic. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. What is broken about conservatism, and why does it need to be rediscovered? Well, you, you know, I've, I've noticed that the, 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 the young people have a pretty clear view of this because they keep asking me over and over again, I'm talking about people who are under the age of 30, keep saying, you know, doesn't include you us. Apparently we're old now. <laughs> no, 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 seriously, listen, listen to what they have to say. Yeah. They, keep, they, they just keep saying over and over again, why would you want to be a conservative you, you you people don't conserve anything. Yeah. What have you ever conserved? And I, I think that question is completely fair that, that, that they're addressing to us older people. Mm. If you look back at the United States and in Europe over the last 60, 70 years, uh, what's been conserved? For first, first, they got rid of God and scripture, and then they got rid of the idea of national independence and the traditional family. And, and now we've been reduced to arguing about whether, whether uh, you know, you, you can tell the difference between men and women, mm. right? So, so really very little is being conserved. And the question is, um, is there any way to conserve anything? And that, that's the reason I, I, I wrote this book, is to try to understand especially why, how it is that Christian, Christians and Christianity managed to conserve things over 2,000 years. We Jews have been doing it for a bit longer than that. And uh, I, I, I wanted to get into the, the guts of how you do it and try to see if I could help people. Maybe maybe even start here. What is, I mean, you're talking about conservatism as something that conserves things, but uh, maybe what is a good definition of conservatism? Well, usually when we talk about conservatism, it's a, it's a political view that uh, that sees national and religious traditions as holding the key to the strength and uh, and continuity of the nation. So it's it's a it's a political view that 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 that, that says if you're not focused on traditions, if you don't understand how to live a life of conservation and transmission, 
then everything's just going to be overthrown real quick and we can see it all around us two generations and 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 civilizations like on on the brink so, so you know i picked up um the conservative mind by um russell kirk i want to say kirk russell i, I always believe that I know, but yeah. russell kirk and yeah. one of the things that shocked me was that is my dad was so conservative that he, if he saw a Republican, he was going to stone him. Okay, so that's the, that's the house that I grew up in too. Yeah, that's how conservative my whoa, dad was. Whoa. So, but but then I started going through the book and I started realizing that I didn't know what conservatism was ultimately because, like you said, we don't know what it is that we're supposed to be conserving. So, somebody who's listening to this who might be like me, grew up with a household that I have, and you said we haven't been conserving anything for the last you know two generations. What's the first thing you would say? Start here. Start conserving this. Start finding your roots in this. Well, there's two levels. I deal with both of them in the book. There's the, you know, the the, the big political, like national policy kind of stuff that people are always talking about. But uh, in the book, I focus especially on leading a conservative life, which means uh, picking yourself up and plugging into a uh, into a, a community a congregation, a church, a synagogue, a place where, pe- where, where the actual transmission of uh, behavior, ideas, institutions is actually being handed down from one generation to the next. Most of the young people who call themselves conservatives, I mean, with good intention and everything, but but they they are not leading a conservative life. They're leading a liberal life. They're they're on the other side of the country mm. from their parents and the communities where they were born. As, you know, mm. this boy is living with with a, with a girl for mm. you know they're they're in their thirties. They're not planning on having children. They, they, look, this is this is a liberal life, and it it uh, it leads you to uh, disappointment and uh, and mm. decay. And it hurts your country. It hurts everybody around you. So, so the first thing I say to people is, you know, pick, pick yourself up. Stop thinking about yourself seven days a week, twenty-four hours seven, and and go to church, go to synagogue, find a congregation where you can say, "Look, I'm ignorant. I don't know much," uh, and find people who are older than you are who are still handing down the tradition who can be models for you. If if you're not doing that, then you're just talking. Uh, Yoram, I've I watched a couple of uh, uh, talks you gave uh, in preparation for this conversation, and one of the things you you've hit a few times in recent months is um, sort of the the fusionism deal uh, in the in the fifties and sixties, where you you said basically in an attempt to take on liberalism, we we kind of made a deal, we compromised, and that's partially what got us here. Can you explain that sort of devil's bargain we made? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, look, the first thing about the fusionism is the name that we give, like, you know, it's like this jargon name for, for the, 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 the Buckley Alliance of liberals and conservatives in the 1950s and 60s, where their aim was to fight communism abroad and to roll back socialism at home. And that aim was correct. And, it, and, it, and that movement was very successful. It produced Reagan and Thatcher, it defeated the Soviet Union, and rolled back socialism for a generation. The problem with the deal is that, uh, that it, 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 fusionism was constructed out of a, a public liberalism and a private conservatism, mm. meaning that the, the deal was that in public, you know, in political life, we're all going to be in favor of uh, uh, the free economy and free, free, free human rights and, 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 you know, a whole long list of freedoms, some, some of which are good. 
Um, but sort of limitless freedom was the, the outside of it. And then the interior part, the, the conserving part was in the privacy of your own home. You would, you know, you would raise a family. You would, yeah. you would teach morals. You would go to church. You would, you would preserve things. And what we've done it for two generations. We know it fails. And the reason it fails is because if, if you're a, a, a religious person and you're sending your children five days a week to a school that has been stripped completely clean of any reference to the Bible as the foundation of our civilization and, and, and any chance to, to, to acknowledge, to, get, to, to, to give honor to God and to his great works, if that's where you're sending your kids to school, well, the kid, kids, kids know that if, if, if God's not being honored, then he's being dishonored. They feel it in their gut. Mm. And, mm-hmm. and whatever is not honored is dishonored. That's, that, that's the way this works. So the only way out of this is going to be a return to a, a, a public honoring of the things that we believe in. It seems like you're, you're, what you're really kind of even getting at is, is an objective truth, something that's against relativism. So something that both liberals, non-Christians, atheists, you know, Muslim Jews, Christians, they all have to acknowledge that there's something objective that they need to honor. I, I, I think that's true. I, th- I, I think every traditional society and every traditional religion um, is, uh, is and any kind of a tradition that, that, that lasts for generations is based on this fundamental cornerstone that children need to give honor to certain things, to, you know, to parents, to teachers, to God. And, uh, and, and if, if children don't see their parents doing it, if they don't see their society doing it, uh, then the guardrails come off. And, and the relativism, relativism you're talking about is what is, is what happens when you say to, to, when you, when you tell children their whole lives, you tell them, look, you got to be free to choose. You know, which is a it's a no, it's a noble sounding thing, but it turns out that if all you're telling them is you're free to choose, then they have no idea what to choose mm. because they live in a society that doesn't it doesn't honor one thing over another, and if the society doesn't honor one thing over another, yeah. it, it 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 turns out that kids don't. It's not that they make the wrong choices; they just can't choose at all. They stop being able to choose. Wow, you you know, help me with something. What would it? <clears throat> If we had to get this back, if it if we wanted to see what it looks like for conservatism to take some ground again, because I don't know when the last time we've actually been conservative. I mean, we got Reagan. It looks like it was going the right direction. What would it begin to look like in the culture if, from your perspective? So you think there's hope because you wrote the book. But what would it look like if people took that seriously and we started seeing conservatism come back in America? Well, I, I think that this is this kind of thing is not I, I don't think it's practical for it to, to be. Uh, imposed from the top down. I think people are pretty tired of the Supreme Court making moral decisions for, you know, for 300 plus million people. But I, but I think that at the level of, uh, of the states, uh, there still are states where there are uh, enough Christians or let's say enough God-fearing people um, pro, who would support a, uh, a, a, a public life that is, uh, that, that is built around at least pieces of the Christian moral vision. Mm-hmm. So pe- people are talking about, you know, about abortion and, 
uh, and uh, the you know the, the the structure of the traditional family. I think think those are important things, crucial things. But but probably more important is um, is, is rethinking rethinking the schools. I, I mean, I've already yeah. mentioned this that that uh, the, the absolute first place to start is making sure that no nobody who is uh, uh, a God-fearing person, or even somebody who's just sympathetic to, you know, the greatness of of Western history, even if they don't know much about religion, nobody like that should be forced to send their kids to uh, to to schools that are that are liberal schools without, you know, w- w- without any kind of reference to to these these great and good and true things in the past. As far as public things, you you already mentioned on this this show, you mentioned. Um, uh, pornography. I think I think that that's a really really good place to start mm. because I, I I think an awful lot of people can understand that uh, that uh, really what's happened is that since the 1960s uh, the government has been protecting pornography rather than protecting families and children oh. uh, growing up and you know why why should it be like this I mean there there is no reason. For it, there, there, there should easily, easily be majorities for changing this. Hey, you're. So okay. I, I, I gotta stop you. Do you have time for maybe like ten more minutes here? Can we do ten sure, more minutes? Yeah. All uh, right, here. Sure. I got some important questions. Okay, that yeah, I we gotta end the show, yeah. but we're gonna do some more time where you're. Yeah. I want to hear everything that, he's got to say. Re- this I, is really I, important. This is really important. So, yeah. hey, listen. Uh-huh. Welcome to the first week of Cross Politic. If you're single, get married. And if you're married, have kids. If you have kids. Go baptize them until tomorrow. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. All you club members, you just hold up. We'll be right back. When tyrants take over, what's the first thing they do? Disarm. It happened in Russia, China, Germany, and most recently, Afghanistan. Why? Because disarmed people are easier to control. And over the last century and a half, American tyrants have been carrying out a slow, methodical disarmament that no one is talking about. State education. Tyrants know that education is warfare. Our rulers have a vested interest in making you totally harmless. They've got big plans and they don't want you getting in the way. Think about it. Would you rather fight an army decked out with high-powered rifles or a bunch of dinky water pistols? They know that if you can think critically, you're a threat. At New St. Andrews College, we want to graduate men and women who are dangerous. Dangerous to the world, dangerous to the principalities and powers, dangerous to spiritual wickedness in high places. Education can either arm you or disarm you. It can make you a threat or make you a useful idiot. (laughs) So where you get that education counts. Click the link to apply to New St. Andrews College today.